0: Uh, thanks, David. Uh, thank you, Steph and Wendy, for leading us in singing God's praises. And it's lovely to have uh, you join us, uh, the whole family, uh, from Ataman in Sydney. Anyone been to Ataman? Oh, Lots of people have been to Ataman. Put your hands up again if you've been to Ataman. There you go. <laughs> lots of people. Uh, it's great to have you uh, with us today. Uh, friends, let's pray. Our Father, please be our teacher on this very last day of 2023, so that in 2024 we live more wholeheartedly for you. Uh, Please speak to us all through these words, we pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Our Friends, uh, when our first granddaughter, Miller, was born to our son, Troy, and his wife, Natalie, A lot of people knew about it. Uh, If they were close enough, they actually went along to see uh, the new baby as we did, but if they couldn't do that, they either rang, sent a text, made a comment on Facebook, uh, wrote a letter or gave a card and many of them sent gifts. It was a great event, bringing joy to the lives of many people. I'm sure you could relate to this, Uh, Lisa and Justin, Renee and Jeremy, Lucy and Dan, Tony and Graham. Uh, Christian and Evan, as you no doubt, have experienced this this year. Lots of babies. <laughs> and that's what usually happens when babies are born. Sometimes people who you also haven't heard from in a very long time turn up or contact you or send you a gift. But if a group of Tibetan monks from a monastery in the foothills of Mount Everest had turned up, parked their camels outside the hospital and said that they knew about the birth because of a new star, and that they had actually found the place by following the star, now that would have been a bit of a surprise. I'm not too sure what we would have made of all of this as we stood around uh, baby Miller, our first granddaughter in Cairns Hospital, if that happened to us. Yes, this is exactly the sort of thing that happened when Joseph and Mary's baby was born in Bethlehem. They had left Nazareth, and traveled to Bethlehem for the census decreed by or decreed by Caesar Augustus the reason why they had to go to Bethlehem for the census was that Joseph was of David's line and Bethlehem was David's city presumably all the records of uh, of the clan david were kept there and Joseph had to go and get himself ticked off the census but while he and uh, Mary are there uh, Baby Jesus is born. And then out of the blue, men who are complete strangers to the family turned up and the staff at the hospital didn't knock them back. <laughs> Firstly, there are some shepherds who arrive claiming that an angel had told them to come. And sometime later, if this wasn't enough, another lot of men arrive claiming that they knew of the birth because they saw his star verse 2, and they followed it all the way from the east. I say sometime later, as we are told in verse 8, that this baby was now a child, and that in verse 11, that they went to their house, not to the manger, Luke 2.12. At least the first group were of the same race as Mary and Joseph. But this second lot are probably Easterners. Although we are not told from exactly where in the East they came from. The Bible simply refers to them as magi, wise men from the East, verse 1. They say that having seen this special star, they followed it and it led them to Israel. Not only is this an incredible occurrence in itself when one thinks about it, but what is more incredible?
1: well, I think it is, is that they have also come to worship the newborn baby, verse 2. Not only are these men also complete strangers to the family,
0: but they are from, it seems, another country from another culture. You and I would probably think that this is weird. It certainly sounds weird to me. The people of God were Jews. And these men are most likely non-Jews. And yet they have travelled great distances in order to worship a Jewish baby
1: born in very lowly circumstances. The question is, why? Like, what's going on here? Well, we are told that the Magi somehow understood the
0: start of him pointing to the king of the Jews. Verse 2. So we must assume that from this that they had some knowledge of Judaism, which is quite likely because the Jews were taken east, remember, during the exile. And many chose to remain in and around Babylon and eastern areas when the exile was over. Perhaps they also knew something of the scriptures. Maybe they had even read Numbers 24:17. Do you remember Numbers 24, 17? <laughs> Numbers twenty four seventeen says, a star will come out of Jacob, a star.
1: A scepter will rise out of Israel, a king. We're not told how they knew, but however, they knew. They understood that the star they had
0: seen signified the birth of the king of the Jews. And so they set off towards Israel in order to worship him.
1: Yes, strange, weird, and especially so if it isn't true.
0: Now, if you arrived in Australia from overseas and wanted to meet the Prime Minister, where would you start looking for him? Well, you probably wouldn't start looking for him in Cairns or Townsville or Mackay or Ataman. <laughs> or Western Sydney, <laughs> you would go, f- or the Shire, <laughs> you would go first to Canberra, which is why the Magi went first to Jerusalem
1: to see King Herod, who up until then thought he was king of the Jews. Now, obviously, if the real king of the Jews had only just been born, then Herod wasn't him. And boy, was he threatened by that. The Bible actually says, verse
0: 3, that he was troubled or disturbed, and all Jerusalem with him. But then I think, so would Jim Chalmers, the current treasurer, be disturbed if a group of people, obviously in the know, arrived in Canberra, Intimating that they
1: were looking for the real Prime Minister. And Anthony Albanese wasn't him. Now King Herod was a very insecure man.
0: And for good reason. At best, he was only a puppet king under Roman rule. And he would have known that only, he would have only known that too well. But he obviously considers it being a puppet king is better than not being a puppet king. So he sends out for his experts to try and establish where the scriptures say the real king of the Jews,
1: the promised Davidic Messiah, will be born so that he can get rid of him. That's what you do
0: if someone is a threat to you. You get rid of them. The experts, the chief priests and the teachers of the law, immediately say to him, Bethlehem. Then they quote a compendium of holy scriptures from Micah 5 and 2 Samuel 5. But you, Bethlehem, in the land of Judah, are by no means least among the rulers of Judah. Out of you will come a ruler who will shepherd
1: my people, Israel. Bethlehem. That's the spot then. Bent on self-preservation, Herod's
0: scheming, mind now springs into action, pretending to the Magi that he too wishes to worship the new king. He tells them that they are to report back to him when they have located the child's whereabouts. Eventually, still following the star with hummus, They arrive at the place where
1: Jesus is. They bow down before him. They worship him. They give
0: him the expensive gifts they have brought for him. And then, having been warned by God in a dream not to return to King Herod, they leave the country, avoiding Jerusalem altogether. That's the simple story. But there's a lot behind these 12 verses and a lot of it has to do with the Old Testament. What this account serves is to introduce and underline several uh, strands in Matthew's central theme of presenting Jesus as the promised Messiah. It makes very explicit reference, as does the rest of Matthew's gospel, to the fulfilment of the Old Testament scriptural promises found in Jesus. As we have already been reminded in verse 3, the promised
1: Messiah would be born in Bethlehem. There's the promise. And Jesus, born in Bethlehem,
0: there is the fulfillment. Now, one cannot control where one is born. A bit hard from the womb. <laughs> and, of course, in telling us of these Gentile men, non-Jews, coming to worship the Jewish king, Jesus. Matthew is clearly pointing to Jesus as the promised Messiah, who will be the Messiah not only of the Jews, but of all the nations. Lord of both Jew and Gentile. Again, as foretold in the Holy Testament scriptures, but now getting fulfilled. For example, what about these Old Testament promises? From Psalm 98, verse 2. The Lord has made his salvation known and revealed his righteousness to the nations. From Isaiah 42, 1. Here is my servant, whom I uphold, my chosen one in whom I delight. I I'll put my spirit on him, and he'll bring justice to the
1: nations. From Isaiah 60, to 5. See,
0: darkness covers the earth and Thick darkness is over the peoples, but the Lord rises upon you and his glory appears over you. Nations will come to your light and kings to the brightness of your dawn. The wealth on the seas will be brought to you. To you, the riches of the nations will come. And what about this one? We heard it read to us from Psalm 72, 9 to 11. May the desert tribes bow before him and his enemies will lick the dust. May the kings of Tarshish and of distant shores bring tribute to him. May the kings of Sheba and Seba present him gifts. May all kings bow down to him and all nations serve him. Matthew here is presenting Jesus as the true king of
1: all people, both Jews and Gentiles, Jews and non-Jews, including
0: Aussies, whether you live in Ataman or the Shire or Western Sydney. (laughs) A king who is worthy of worship and therefore gifts and even as a child. Matthew wants us to recognise that Jesus is the fulfilment of the hopes, not only of the Jews but also of the Gentiles. And if you aren't a Jew, I think all of us aren't, that means us. It's a pivotal theme which is picked up in the rest of the New Testament. Here, says Matthew, is a demonstration of this truth right here as these important men of wisdom who are not Israelites, strangers, come to worship and therefore give gifts to the child Jesus. We are seeing God's promises to provide a Messiah who would be acknowledged by both Jew and Gentile now being fulfilled in
1: their very coming to Bethlehem. This is the gospel of the Lord. It is. Having
0: said that, there are a few additional observations we can make about this account of the coming of the Magi. One of the things these verses show us
1: is that true servants of God emerge from the most unlikely places, including the Estetford Hall. The Lord Jesus has many hidden
0: ones, like these wise men who today may well be uh, outside the organised denominational churches. Perhaps you know some. The Magi were not of the people of the God back then. In fact, their history is as little known as that of Melchizedek (laughs) or Job or the thief on the cross, for that matter but their names are almost certainly in the book of life. And they will probably be found with Christ in the day of his second coming, his judgment. We might be very surprised to see who is left standing on that day.
1: We might also be very surprised to see who is not. A look at the state of the world
0: today can cause us to ask, Well, it causes me to ask, where is God? <laughs> but we must always remember that the work of God is not always
1: obvious. The Holy Spirit leads people to Christ in many ways. People may be born in dark places of the earth, perhaps like the wise
0: men, and yet like them have a Knowledge of God's word which makes them wise unto
1: salvation. You know that the prophet Elijah despaired, despaired
0: at the state of Israel. Yet God assured him that he had reserved seven thousand who would remain faithful and steadfast. Read about it in one Kings nineteen. So too for us
1: at NHA, Northern Hope Anglican. We will never know all the saints, but that doesn't matter because Christ does. And there's probably, like the days of Elijah, more saints than we think. The second
0: thing these verses teach us is that it isn't necessary those who are
1: highest On the religious pecking order who give to Christ the most honour. Like, where were the scribes and the Pharisees at the birth of Christ? Where? One would think, well, I
0: would. that because of their knowledge of the scriptures, a knowledge including that they were expecting the Messiah, that surely it should have been they who, at the slightest of rumours,
1: would have been rushing to Bethlehem to find him and give him gifts and worshipping him.
0: Also, did you notice how readily they answer as to where the Messiah would be born? Verses 5 and 6. Yes, go figure. Some things are so obvious, but then they remain in Jerusalem and remain troubled by all of this. Sadly, also many of his own did not recognise him. They should have. It at least shows how sinful we can be. Jesus, the Messiah, even performed great signs. Yes, go figure as the Holy Bible clearly reminds us in John 1, verse 11. He came to that which
1: was his own, but his own did not receive him. So very true, both then and now, that whilst there
0: might be knowledge of Scripture in the head, it's not always matched by grace in the heart. Now I would be one of the first to say that we need to work at developing our and increasing our knowledge of the Bible that almost goes without saying but we must never rest smug and satisfied simply with head knowledge
1: knowledge of God should be changing our hearts leading to holiness of life and so The question behind all of this is, what is the state of our lives?
0: Is our knowledge of God translating, as it clearly did with the Magi, into faithful activity for him? The conduct of the wise men described in this chapter is a great example of
1: how we ought to follow through on head knowledge. what trouble it must have cost them to travel from their homes to this house
0: in Bethlehem. (laughs) On that video, the guy says, we've been travelling for three years. (laughs) How many weary miles would they have had to journey and no doubt on the back of a camel? (laughs) Like, how many dangers they would have encountered on the way? But none of these things seemed deterred them. They had been given knowledge, and therefore they had set their hearts on seeing him, quote, who has been born king of the Jews.
1: And they never rested until they were able to worship him. It's true to say, isn't it, that where where there's a will, there is
0: a way. And here lies the uh, crux of Christian life.
1: Once we have knowledge, it then requires an act of our will to follow through. For all of
0: us who profess to be Christians, we would do well to follow the wise
1: man's example. We all have some knowledge of God and of his son, Jesus Christ.
0: After all, we probably all said, Merry Christmas. the question is, how are we following through on Merry
1: Christmas? <laughs> like, where is our self-denial? Like, what pains do we take or surrender
0: to Jesus? Like, what, what effort are we putting into following Him, into worshiping Him, into serving Him? And what is our discipleship costing us? Or do we sit back? like many do in the West today, and become spiritually fat. They're all serious questions and they deserve serious consideration. Serious because when we finally do face God, I doubt that he will ever ask
1: us how much we knew. But he most certainly will ask us what we did with what we knew.
0: as we start 2024 and we start next Sunday at Peace Lutheran College, let us
1: decide by an act of our will to be more like the Magi than like a Pharisee. Amen. Thanks, Steph. All my papers are sticking together.